0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to Cointel Bros. I'm one of your hosts, Sun, uh, joined with my co-host Zero, DJZ. That's me. Uh, We are <laughs> DJ today Z. we're talking about NASA. Um, I am really looking forward to this topic. It has been on the back burner for a while, and um, we're going to be discussing the origins, who founded it, why they founded it, who were the main funders and uh, we'll also be discussing some of the weird cover-ups that they did along with their really eerie (laughs) projects. Um, If you like what you hear, follow us on Patreon, subscribe to us, um, give us a like, comment, and share, tell your friends about us. Um, But yeah, without further ado, let's jump in.
1: So like with this one, it's a very broad topic and we are going to kind of like briefly bring up some topics, which I would imagine we'll, we'll have to get more in depth um, in, in the future. We'll, we'll cover them a little, a little better later on. Um, like certain, certain um, incidents or certain people will, we'll go back and give them their own episode. Cause this, this is a very broad topic and we're trying to condense a lot of it down into just like an hour so, like, a lot of, the, like, the fake moon landing or any of that, you know, like, big, big topic stuff, we'll we'll probably come back and revisit that at a later time, but we'll gloss over it now just to sort of give you the, the overview of NASA or whatever. But um, I guess for, uh, we'll start from the top on this one. So NASA stands for the National Aeronautics and Space Administration. Um, I, I really like a, never a straight answer, but, you know, the mm-hmm. National Aeronautics <laughs> and Space Administration or whatever. And, um, it was established in 1958 and, uh, it was succeeding the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics. And I'll, I'll get through the whole, like actual, uh, like that whole history too, I guess. But, um, it, uh, it, uh, damn. So it, uh, it was established, uh, for us space exploration, um, like, you know, fucking with the moon and Skylab and space shuttles and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is America's whole, um, thing with the international space station as well so i mean basically nasa is just america's way to get into space it's our it's our space agency i think that everybody kind of already fucking knows that their um their stated goals are to uh study heliophysics um they want to explore the solar system with robotic spacecraft they want to research the big bang they have all these observatories listening stations uh you know shit like that so if we go back to the beginning of, of sort of where the uh, where the organization came from, in 1915, uh, the United States created the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, and that was basically just uh, the federal agency designed to, you know, work on airplanes and shit like that with us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know. And so they are kind of credited with – uh, being the reason why America sort of had air superiority and, and really helped us win both World War I and World War II. Um, they did a lot of studying with, like, uh, supersonic flights and, and speed shit as well as, like, the high-altitude um, high research, giving us, you know, the bombers and stuff that we would later use during the wars and, and stuff like that. Um, and then in 1957, the, uh, the NACA director he came out and started saying that we need to start worrying about fucking space and we need to get our shit together. And so he created the special committee on space technology and that was supposed to combine government, private business and universities to study space and make America, um, a power in space. I don't really know how you would really word that eloquently. They, they wanted us to be, to be a, a spacefaring nation. Mm-hmm. Um, so in uh, 58 he published a national research program for space technology and in that quote it is of great urgency and importance to our country both from consideration of our prestige as a nation as well as military necessity that this challenge um, referring to Sputnik be met by an energetic program of research and development for the conquest of space. It is accordingly proposed that the scientific research be the responsibility of a national civilian agency working in close cooperation with the applied research and development groups required for weapons systems development by the military. The pattern to be followed is that already developed by the NACA and the military services, the NACA is capable by rapid extension and expansion of its efforts of providing leadership in space technology." And then you know, after that shit happened, uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower, you know, basically gave them the green light, and and NASA was was formed. Um, a key part in the original formation of of NASA was uh, they they got a lot of people from different parts of the military. They got the people from uh, naval intelligence as well as the Army's rocketry program, like ballistics rockets. And part of that is. Uh, a bunch of fucking Nazis from Project Paperclip. Werner von Braun was the head scientist for the army's like ballistics program, basically. Mhm. You know? mm-hmm. So Werner Werner von Braun came over and uh, was a, a very integral part in getting us into space. Um, a lot of the hurry to create the American space program was part of the Cold War and a reaction to the Russians beating us in the beginning. You know uh-huh. so so Sputnik got up there before we could get up there. You know um, and then aside from that we were we were pretty much neck and neck until like we got to the moon first technically. But um you know if if you believe if you believe that but um if you want to, like, kind of look into a, a little bit of the Project Paperclip stuff, basically, as an overview between uh, 1945 and 1959, the Americans acquired about 1,600 Nazi scientists, mm-hmm. mainly focusing in rocketry and, like, uh, space stuff and ballistics and shit like that.
0: Well, they didn't just bring them over. They pardoned them from war crimes in exchange for their research as well as their labor. And um, Werner von Braun also, uh, he, like— on the record, handpicked slaves, apparently, for his labor and went into these slave camps um, and basically overlooked a lot of the um, torture that went through, or the torture that the laborers went through um, for this. So it's, and also Project Paperclip or Operation Paperclip didn't get talked about until a decade or two after it actually happened. Um, The public wasn't made aware of it until like years and years down the line. So it was a secret program mm-hmm. that they they had implemented.
1: Yeah, it was it was a pretty secret. I mean, it, it was like approved by the joint the joint chiefs and all that stuff and originally they were like we don't want to get a lot of war criminals, we don't want to get a lot of like actual Nazis, we just want to get smart people like out of uh, you know, post-war Germany. We want to bring them over here. We want to get, but really what it was is we want to get all the smart Nazis before the Russians do. They actually yeah. the Russians actually ended up getting a lot more than uh, mm-hmm. than the Americans did because the Americans tried to keep it kind of hush hush, you know? Yeah. So you'll you'll find a lot of the people who were brought over like changed their names and, and, and shit like that. But then in Russia they just straight up grabbed them all and their entire oh, families wow. and, and shit like that. So but um another key key portion of the formation of NASA Um, was that in 1958, uh, they gained control of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, JPL, uh, which is part of the California Institute of Technology. JPL was founded by a man named Jack, in part by a man named Jack Parsons. You know, some people think that JPL doesn't stand for Jet Propulsion Laboratory, it stands for Jack Parsons Laboratory. Um, Mm -hmm. Jack Parsons was the uh, American... Oh man, what, what I don't even know what you would really call him. He was one He was
0: of- a chemist. He was an occultist. He was a rocket scientist. And he came from big, big, big money. Big money. Big dumb money.
1: Yeah. But he was um, he, he was he was a member of the OTO and he was essentially Alistair Crowley's liaison in yes. America. Yes. And also lived with uh, L. Ron Hubbard for a time. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. They performed many sex rituals on the record as well. Yeah,
1: before L. Ron Hubbard was uh, – the L. Ron Hubbard that we know and love, um, he was just, like, a fucking science fiction nerd. And mm-hmm. we'll do a, a whole thing on, on Parsons because he's a really – I'll talk
0: about that too, yeah, because Hubbard was, like, a poor sci-fi writer. Mm-hmm. He, like, was begging to the VA for, like, 30 bucks, <laughs> like
1: – yeah,
0: dude was
1: yeah. Yeah, he was a he was a real piece of shit. But uh, he lived with Jack Parsons for a while and was uh, Jack Parsons like right hand man and a magical scribe. And then Aleister Crowley was like, this dude fucking sucks. And they kind of had a falling out. But the important thing to know is that uh, one of Aleister Crowley's closest associates in America uh, was the lead rocket uh, scientist in America at that time. Yep. He would perform rituals during rocket tests and stuff like that and then uh, blew himself up in his lab. Um, either, yeah. yeah, either he was making a homunculus or he was assassinated or he actually did just blow himself up. Um, but, like, the FBI was keeping tracks on all these dudes, all this was happening, and then, uh, yeah, th- then NASA, with the help of Nazis, um, acquired the rocketry program that Alistair right. Crowley was right. closely I think, involved Right, like, also
0: it's important, um, before – I would say, like, before maybe even the 40s, there was a lot less interest in, um... Not not rockets, obviously, because we were in the middle of a war, but there was this weird thing that happened in, like, the 50s and the 60s where NASA kind of became way more established publicly than before, and it was kind of due to these dudes (laughs) who helped form it, um... Yeah, Jack Parson, Crowley, Hubbard, Braun, um, as well as Disney. Walt Disney was heavily involved. He used his Disney platform and entertainment to push this agenda of cloud seeding and rocketry.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, that, yeah. so that's kind of like the foundation. I know I kind of stumbled through it in the beginning because I'm trying to read all my, my fucking notes and everything. But basically after, you know... In short, after World War One, we used our aircraft. We were we were really good at fucking airplanes, and we extended that research. And then, when the Cold War happened and the space race happened, which is a very fascinating part of world history, let alone American history, um, where we were just in a fucking what thirty fucking forty year war or year pissing match with the fucking Soviets. Um, the whole thing was getting into space, and the Soviets were doing better than us for a while, and then, you know. After the Apollo stuff, we kind of took the lead, um, which is probably why it's fake or whatever. But if you, if you want to kind of look at, at the official history of NASA, and this is kind of boring, but I figured I would go over it just very, very briefly before we get into the fun stuff, just to kind of set the tone for the organization. Um, so it was officially formed in 58 or whatever. And then from 59 to 68, they were involved in the X-15 rocket plane, And this was effectively the test plane that would later, you know, sort of enable us to get into space. And all this get into space stuff is air quotes because I know that a lot of conspiracy people uh, either don't believe we went there on this timeline that's presented or we never went at all, you know, whatever. And I'm not I'm not here to to tell you that we did or didn't go to space for this is just kind of like the accepted official narrative history of NASA. Which will then play in later to what we get into about all the fun stuff that they allegedly did. Just like this is kind of like their outward-facing history, right? So between uh, 59 and 68, they were really working on the X-15, uh, which was really just like hypersonic research and and like landing and, and stuff like that, sort of getting our feet on the ground with, with rocketry. Um, between 58 and 63, there was a thing called Project Mercury, and that was really concerned with getting us into orbit. Um, you know, I, I tried to look into a little bit of like, I kind of got lost in the weeds with like this part of like the space flight stuff. Cause it, it is very mm-hmm. fascinating, but it doesn't really have a lot to do with like what we generally were, we're trying to cover in this episode. Mm-hmm. Basically there's, there's different levels of orbit, you know, like there's low orbit, there's high orbit and and all this kind of stuff. And, and over time, the, the measure of where the atmosphere ends and space begins sort of fluctuates, you know? So between 58 and 63, all of our research was really, really focused on not all of it, but most of our research was focused on like understanding how to get us into orbit. You know, after that we have project Gemini, that was when we started to do multi-person spacecraft. And that was really, all of our research was focusing on the duration of time um, for us to be in space or in orbit um rendezvousing with other objects in in space and then also landing that spacecraft safely back on earth you know um after that from 61 to 72 we have the apollo program which most people are are very familiar with um a lot of people should be familiar with like you know john f kennedy and his whole thing about getting a man to the moon by the end of the 60s and, and all that bullshit Um, so the Apollo program was basically all about getting us to the moon, making the moon an American colony, whatever the fuck you want to call it. This was sort of the height of the space race. This was when shit was really going crazy. Um, during this time, like the Russians were beating us because they had the Vostok program and then they had their version of the Gemini where they had two and three, you know, people in their rockets. There's also a big... Shift that happened here, where it's ballistic-based rocketry versus like propulsion, piggybacking stuff. Like again, like it, it's shit that I that I, I started to look into because I fell down a rabbit hole and then realized it really has nothing to do with what we were talking about. No, I get you. You know, but um, during that time, like the the '60s and the '70s, that this was all about us getting to the fucking moon. And this is obviously where you'll you'll find the moon landing and all that bullshit. And I don't know if you really wanted to get into like if the moon landing was real or not right now, or if you wanted to kind of save that for no, its own thing. I don't.
0: I don't want to get into if it was real or not. Um, I think people that are listening probably... That was, like, one of the first uh, fringe, like, stories mm-hmm. that I heard of, and I kind of knew. But the, the part of that story that I am more interested in is um, on the 40th anniversary of the supposed Apollo 11 mission, um, engineers came forward and said, oh, we actually erased all of the film and lost all of the reels of film that came back that day. And all of the people that were viewing it on their special high-tech TVs claimed that they received a pristine, clear, crisp um, transmission of what was going on, versus the plebes at home like watching it on their basic-ass TVs received a grainy, ghostly-like um, image. And so they are on the record, a lot of these engineers that were working on it and a lot of the people that were, I guess, on the other end um, in California and Australia during that mission claimed that those <laughs> they just they got erased. They accidentally got erased and they were taped over. And people are meant to believe that. People are supposed to believe that these tapes... <laughs> we're, we're, we're taped. Up. it's just bullshit it just is ridiculous and they're like on the record saying these exact words and um it just it's just like a big oopsie that doesn't make any sense so that was one of the bigger things that I wanted to talk about um because NASA is supposed to be this headquarter of science and we're all supposed to believe their every word and um If you argue with, you know, what they're saying, there are people that are really loyal to NASA for some strange reason and will fight you on it. So we don't have to talk about the moon landing being fake because I think we already kind of know what's up about that. But I think what's interesting is like their their claims of being like, no, it doesn't. None of these none of these tapes exist and we'll never see them again. And that sucks. And um, what was his name? He was one of the uh, astronauts he um he went on to also say well i wish that we had the technology to do so but we destroyed it and it's a pain in the ass to build it back again so there's just like there's just like this crazy nonsense uh surrounding that
1: yeah yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of bullshit with the with the moon landing and a lot of the apollo stuff which really feeds into a lot of the conspiracy stuff but yeah that is important to note that everything was <laughs> Allegedly at the time very highly documented and then, you know, soon after all this shit went down, the documentation all disappeared or the cameras weren't, you know, it, it, it kind of is like what it always is with like weird government shit, right? Where the, the cameras weren't turned on or the transmission was lost or they taped over it or, or you know, or whatever. Um, I guess the only thing I'll say about the moon landing being real or fake is we were at the same level if not underneath the soviets until the moon landing and then somehow we just broke away from them very quickly very abruptly um and had this sort of strategic victory with the space race which was kind of the height of the cold war so i mean that's that's a lot of the the reasoning to what people think is kind of bullshit is that uh you know, we were really neck and neck during this Cold War and then America faked the moon landing in order to give us a one up on the Russians. And then the momentum really put us in better international right. standing than the Russians. And that sort of has shaped geopolitics since.
0: Yeah. And also, like, um, if we have all of this advanced technology and if we're supposedly the best country in the world, right, like that's kind of the 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 message that's spread is this patriotism. Yeah. Um, we haven't been back to the moon since like 1972, which I don't know, like what <laughs> if if it was so mon- monumentous and if it was so uh, important and if there are billions and billions of dollars funneled into these programs annually since the 50s from our money, people should really think more um and question more critically yeah. about this organization. We'll
1: get into that later too about the money stuff because that's a big part of a lot of the NASA what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on thought is where is all of this money going, going to? I have a little bit about their budget that I can bring up where – it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting, like, the percentage of, like, the American national budget that goes towards it and how it's such a small percentage, but it still is, like, millions and billions of dollars and just shows how much yeah. fucking money is thrown around in this country mm-hmm. for shit that we'll never see, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> Excuse me. So after the Apollo bullshit, um, not really after, it was kind of, like, during, and then leaded on after after that. So from uh, from 50, or sorry, from 65 to 79 was, like, Skylab. And Sky, Skylab was uh, our independent space station, basically. This was this was all of our efforts to kind of get a permanent sat like a permanent satellite, a permanent observation thing, whatever the fuck you want to call it, up up in orbit. And um, it it was whatever. It kind of didn't really work that well. Um, when we get to seventy two to seventy five, as the cold war's starting to kind of chill out a little bit. We had the Apollo-Soyuz test project, uh, which was a United States and Soviet Union cooperative space, like, program space missions, all that kind of bullshit. Again, like, it's just kind of everybody hanging out. This was sort of the beginning of, like, the international space uh, attitude, you know, where people stopped having this mentality of, like, space is ours, space is theirs. We need to get there to claim it first. Um, A lot of, like, globalists look at this as, like, a turning point. And like NWO bullshit or whatever, but, you know, uh, after 72 or excuse me, after 75, um, we get into the space shuttle program, which was from, you know, 72 to 2011. And literally that was just us trying to figure out how to get us back and forth between either the moon or like space in general. There were talks about getting us to Mercury and to Venus and, and doing asteroid belt shit. But basically between the 70s and then 2011, um, all we were really focusing on was getting um, economically feasible ways to get us to and from different parts of space, um, including various satellite stations and the moon. A bunch of money was thrown into it. Not a whole lot really was happening of note aside from like, you know, like different milestones where like people were in space for like a certain amount of days, like different countries ended up having like representatives or, or delegates or whatever going up on our space, uh-huh. uh, shit. Like that's really all that was happening during that time. And then we sort of end a lot of the NASA shit with the international space station. And that was from 1993 until, you know, now like that's still going on. And the international space station combines NASA space station freedom project with the Soviet MR2 station, the European Columbia, Columbus station and the Japanese Kibo laboratory module. Um and that's sort of what's going on up there now. It's just, you know, a bunch of different countries have representatives and delegates who man this space station and they kind of rotate who comes in and who comes out and that's like basically the planet's uh representation in orbit of a mm-hmm. you know, of Earth basically. So that's kind of what's going on with that. So I mean, that's, like, a pretty choppy history of NASA, but that's sort of, like, the overview of, like, the entire organization, right?
0: Yeah, that timeline is important. I'm going to go back and, um, and kind of give a very brief synopsis of each person because um, Jack Whiteside Parsons or Jack Parsons or John Whiteside Parsons, he had a bunch of aliases. In the 30s and 40s, um, he, like, I mean, obviously he swore an oath, you know, when you're, when you're Crowley's friend, you swore, you swear, right? You swear to oaths, whatever. But I thought it was interesting. I want to go through each person and I'm going to talk about kind of like their true objectives and the kind of elemental um, spirits that they were evoking and summoning. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Jack Whiteside Parsons, 30s and 40s. He was an occultist, a black magician, a Satanist, the head of the OTO um, and the California Agape Lodge and obviously the founder of Jet Propulsion Laboratories. Um, He's on the record saying, uh, swore the oath of the abyss, having only the choice between madness, suicide, and that oath, took the oath of a magister, Templi, even the oath of antichrist before freighter 132 the unknown god and thus was i antichrist loosed in the world and to this i am pledged that the work of the beast 666 shall be fulfilled sounds like a bunch of nerdy sci-fi shit um if you dig into this further though there are a lot of summoning circles um especially when you look into the sex rituals um and if you have not heard our sex magic um episode you definitely should because it ties into what we're talking about now they all tied together. I know everything's connected, but I think it was interesting to mention because when you look at Crowley and you look at his history, and if you look at what these people are actually worshiping and believing in, it's kind of this, let me usher in an apocalyptic ending so that we can be perfected, purified, purged, and reborn again. Um, and then obviously you have Crowley, right, a 33, 33rd degree Freemason, the leader of the OTO. He's obviously a black magician. He is the Beast 666, and he's a Satanist. Um, then you have L. Ron Hubbard, uh, which was Lafayette Ronald Hubbard. And um, he is no, a mess. I mass, think, it, I mass think it was just
1: Lafayette Ron. I think his middle name just straight up was Ron.
0: No. Oh, I saw it Ronald. Ronald is it
1: Ronald? I always thought it was just straight up Ron.
0: <laughs> just Ronnie. He was a mass mind controller, a black magician, a Satanist and the founder of Scientology shortly after, you know, he was kicked out of this friend group. Um, and the reason that's important is because he before all of this nonsense, even before or I guess during his time of writing uh, sci-fi work. Damn, you're right. It is he, Ronald.
1: My bad. It is Lafayette Ronald.
0: Mm-hmm. He would he would go on television or he would go to um public audiences and he would hypnotize people and he was a gifted hypnotist and he knew how to mind control masses so if you take this into account and you think okay cool so you have a mass mind controller helping nasa out that's interesting and then you have uh, Werner von braun which zero covered in depth he was the nazi director of the german uh, v2 rocket program and he was recruited um under u.s operation paperclip um, and then you have Walt Disney. This is kind of like the dream team, right? You have Disney who funded a lot and not only funded NASA and, and was really tight with these people and not, and also a part of the Ordem des Molay, which was another Freemason branch group. Um, he also worked with Werner Von Braun to create Disney shows. And I've seen one of these before, but in it, um, Werner Von Braun is like very cartoonishly explaining what cloud seeding is and there are missiles going off. And it was just it. I mean, if, if anyone is very interested in this, you kind of know that there's some shady shit going down with Disney and their works and the perverted message that they try to implement in, in kids. So you have these five people who all have this antichrist ideology. And, um, I mean, it doesn't have to be like Christian or blah, blah, blah. Like, let's get rid of those words, but let's look at what they actually believe in and the messages that they really wanted to push. So, um, JPL was obviously in Crowley. That's If we're looking at money, and I think if you want, also you can look or you can explain where money was going and and kind of like where these billions are coming from. But JPL was funneling a shit ton of money um, into Crowley and, and Crowley was funneling it all back into NASA, which once again, like, why, why would that happen? What are their true objectives? It's not just out of the mere interest of going into space. Right. Now, very briefly, I'm going to be discussing Ordem de Molay. Um, I feel like Zero would have a little bit more information on this, but it is the foundation of NASA's like ideology, mostly because Disney was a part of it for 60 years, I believe, and um, was a was a key player in that association. Um, and it's weird too because this group is comprised of boys mainly between the ages of 12 and 21. Which, obviously, those numbers are very important if you study occultism and cults. Um, and from, yeah, 1901 to 1966, Walt Disney was a part of that. I thought he was the founder, but I—
1: No, no, he's not. I, I was in D. Malay in high school. That's I thought, yeah. Um No, he, he wasn't the founder. It was just—
0: Yeah, because that happened in, like, 1819 or something, or it started.
1: Yeah, um— I don't know, like, all the history of it because it was really fucking boring when I was involved. But it's it's basically supposed to be, like, the youth group for for masonry um it's right, named after jacques right. de Molay, who was the templar who was burned at the stake on friday the 13th yes, yes yes
0: yes um
1: and i mean all it is is it's i mean like if you really want to look at it in the boring way it's just a fucking free babysitting program like when i was involved with it that's all it basically was it's not like,
0: the boring way let's look at it not the boring way and like what they actually are
1: well there's really nothing that's really interesting about de Molay aside from like programming kids to be masons like we we basically pretty- <laughs> yeah but it it, it yeah that that's all that it really was like it's right. it's a way to get to get kids primed up so when they become 18 they can immediately get into Masonry and just like boost their numbers you know
0: Right so the importance of that and I guess like what I was saying is like the the interest I have in that is um the methods and tactics they use to prime children and what mm-hmm. that means is like you are priming a mind to to be loyal to a group, to be loyal to a said God, to be loyal to a name, and to yourself. And this is kind of where a lot of the conspiracy comes in um, of mind control and brainwashing, and making someone so docile and complicit and compliant that you can control their behavior as well as their outlook and opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, So I strongly believe that NASA and the UN and Bilderberg and all of these really high end elite groups that are comprised of very few people, um, they have like these goals set up. And I think that these goals are, one, to have ultimate control of a, two, docile, compliant, and complicit population, that, three, through alchemical rituals and methods, um, can usher in the apocalyptic ending to control the next age. Um, There's a lot of evidence to this, especially when we move on to our next topic um, of their projects. so specifically Project Bluebeam. Now, before we move forward on the projects, I do want to state that with every New Age religion, there's always the foundation of a New Age government. And without that religion as like a basis, you can't have a government because... Uh, I guess that's pretty obvious, right? You need something to worship, and then you need to make masses worship this idol. And right now, we're seeing a war on gods. We're seeing a war on religion. And science and Satanism are very rapidly becoming the new religion. If you look at trends, um, everything is very hypersexualized. Everyone jokes about 666. Everyone jokes about the third eye and the Illuminati. Um, I very strongly believe that this has nothing to do with just light jokes. It has everything to do with the power of memetics and um, the use of memetics and repetition and sigil and contagion magic um, to push this scientific religion, right? Because even Crowley said, and like a lot of Thelema followers believed that the religion of the ancients would be the religion of the new. And that's kind of what they are ushering in right now. Um yeah, so Project Bluebeam, did you – Did you? Uh, I can talk on it because I think it's really interesting.
1: <laughs> yeah, but, no, you, you're on a roll. Keep on doing your thing and I'll interject. No.
0: <laughs> so um, I don't have an exact year on Project Bluebeam. You can uh, interrupt whenever. But basically it, it, it's just a technology um, that – uses EMF and other radiation waves and radioactive waves in order to not only uh, imitate images so that our two eyes can perceive it as something real, quote-unquote, um, but they also used Project Bluebeam as a way to uh, mind control people. Now, whew, let me let me go through my notes real fast because a lot of the people in the key players that were under... The, The construction of Project Bluebeam also believed in like the Second Coming of Christ and the Antichrist and all of these things. So a lot of conspiracy theorists, including myself, believe um, that there will be a falsified uh, event that they're going to recreate. Uh, It's going to be like the Second Coming of Christ and. Um, there's a, there's actually an interesting story, the Hopi legend of the Blue Star Kachina and the Red Kachina, which are, are little dolls or gods. Um, the Blue Star is meant to be our friend, and the Red Star is known as the Purifier or the purger. And um, I highly recommend people go and look up this Hopi legend of Blue Star and the Red Star Kachina um this story is cross cultural as well um you know ancient irish people scottish people have the same story indians fucking everybody all cultures have this story of this blue and red and um if you look at project bluebeam um basically it has the ability to create artificial earthquakes on sites where artifacts are found so they have come out in the news and they're like, oh, hey, everybody, we used uh, our project Bluebeam to create an earthquake. And now we have discovered these ancient arcane artifacts. Um, but I believe that if you have the technology to uncover arcane artifacts, uh, you also give you also lie to people and basically tell them, oh, I have the power to interpret what these artifacts are and also explore. Playing away the fundamental religious doctrines that we've been indoctrinated with. So they have the ability to rewrite the script of what religion is and was and will be. Um, basically to destroy the old way of thinking. Um, what do I got here? So my notes keep saying like uh, there are steps, right? There are steps to a new world order. And I know that this is on NASA, but keep in mind that keep players, NASA are, they don't have your best interests at heart. They are not that interested in going to space. I think that if they're practicing this type of energy magic, they understand what control and power can look like if um, they do their rituals right, right? Um, I have here that it's like a mass deception and seduction. The UN, super strange. The UN has said use beethoven's song of joy as the new world one world religion anthem and they said this like a few years back and no one really caught it because i feel like we're all conditioned and normalized to just accept this as daily life but i really really want people to um open open up and start asking some questions um yeah so We have in 1974, this researcher from NASA, his name was G.F. Schapitz. He claims that the the methods that hypnotists use can be converted to EMF and shot at someone's mind to control them. And this was done. This was experimented on many people um, individually. So they would take prisoners or sometimes not prisoners. Some theorists claim that uh, people that claim to be abducted by UFOs are actually victims of Project Blue Beam. I went down that rabbit hole very deeply and saw a lot of people that were victims of that. Um, and, it, and it just, it kind of clicked for me, but it has been under the hands of the CIA and the FBI. And so a logical person should critically ask why in the world is NASA working with defense organizations and the, you know, the FBI and the, and the CIA that should, that should raise some flags for a lot of people. Um, but it's, it's true. Like uh, there are so many people, especially ex NASA employees that come out saying either I was experimented on, or yeah, we experimented on this person and we shot these waves at, this person or this town unexpectedly, and we were able to manipulate their thoughts. And I've said this before, if you manipulate thoughts, you can manipulate someone's behavior and in response to these falsified um, thoughts and opinions. Um, So I'm just gonna go through some of the goals that I think Project Bluebeam is truly trying to implement. One, terrify the public and make them fear for their safety. Right. Because then we can implement some draconian dictatorship or law. We can disarm people and make sure that their right to bear arms or right to protect themselves physically is removed and re-record their every word, thought and step under the guise of our safety. We're being protected. Right. That's kind of what they always say. Um, this also promotes the collapse of old governments and old religions. Um I find that when we see a lot of these movies, 2001 Space Odyssey, Jurassic Park, um, what were my other examples? Star Trek, Star Wars, any of these like big sci-fi movies, there's always this question of authority. And um, I think that's going on right now intentionally, especially the way Netflix kind of pushes um, post-apocalyptic uh, towns on us and kind of gives us like trauma porn to to breed more trauma. So trauma breeds trauma. That's why you have a bunch of fucking psychopaths supposedly running the show. Um, So I believe that one of these trends is like anarchy, disorder, chaos, haha, fuck the government, fuck the police. Like all of this nonsense is actually manufactured intentionally so that we can have a distrust in the current so-on-so government so that we will be okay and conditioned and primed, as we were saying to accept whatever new order is coming about. Um, so if they want disorder, they don't want trust in governments, and they want collapse of old paradigms, right, to instill a new one, a new order, a new way, the right speak, the right think. If you all have read Brave New World, I, I don't know, I recommend giving it a read. It was written by a Marxist and a Fabian Society member, but keep that in mind. <laughs> um, and then you have, you know powerful elite historically use fear as a tool and weapon to subjugate masses Um, and this mass panic and this mass dread is sent out so we don't trust each other. So we can use right now as an example we could use Zika as an example we could use smallpox or SARS or really any anything that is similar to what is going on right now. Um, The patterns run just so parallel that it's insane to me that people haven't recognized the pattern by now, as predictable as it is. So we are taught to not trust one another, we're taught to have this hatred towards one another, and it's just the Uh, what is it, age-old tale of divide and conquer. And that's exactly what's happening right now because now there's a bunch of hate towards white people and there's a bunch of hate towards men and there's a bunch of hate towards monogamy and straight people. And there's just a lot of hate being manufactured right now. And it's crazy that people don't really see where it's coming from. Um, Going back to not only Project Bluebeam, But also the Gateway experiments, because the Gateway experiments were going on during the 50s and 60s. So it was a little bit before Project Bluebeam. but all these people run in the same circles, right? And um, I will mention the Gateway trials and experiments over and over again. And everyone listening should go check them out, but basically... If you can mind control someone, if you can um, reward them and punish them enough times, you can train a human to believe that there is a correct answer and an incorrect answer. Doing your taxes is correct. Not doing your taxes, you could go to prison, which isn't true, by the way. You don't legally have to do your taxes. Anyway, so it runs on mass scales. It's illegally done with torturous methods that prove that if you use fear to reward and punish you can ultimately control an entire being and an entire mass and i believe that this is the nefarious plot behind nasa (laughs) um so i think that we should consider how television and advertising and modern education from pre-K all the way to college with a K and entertainment all work to push the boundaries and our limits of our mind and what kind of breaking points um, we have been taught to endure, right? Because a part of alchemy and a part of the alchemical process and a part of Satanism is take something, break it apart, build it back together. This isn't necessarily a piece of gold, right? Like we're talking about someone's mind. And if you can traumatize them to the point of splitting their personalities, which we'll talk about more when we speak about Hollywood and um, celebrities and the such, but if you can do that on a mass scale, you can really push your boundaries or people can push your boundaries to believe anything and to believe nothing and to not trust anything if it isn't the correct narrative. Um, that's that's all I really had for Project Bluebeam. A lot of people believe that uh, Bill Nye is kind of the spokesperson for science, <laughs> right? Bill Bill, uh, not Bill Neil De- Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah,
1: Neil deGrasse Tyson is like the big guy now.
0: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I think Bill Nye kind of got a lot of shit um, because his credentials similar to Bill Gates were like frauds. Bills are frauds because bills, on a serious note, is a fraud. It's a hoax. Bills are hoaxes. Anyway, so we look at Bill Nye, and I know I'm going on a bunch of tangents, but stay with me. Um, Bill Nye and Neil deGrasse Tyson are both kind of these spokespersons for some reason ever since our childhood, also going back to Ordem de like you have these programs that use children as initiates and we condition their minds to believe a certain narrative to control the their behavior and their actions and then these children grow up to be members of these cults which are pushing the same torturous eugenic eugenicist um ideology on us um yeah so bill nye He came up with a new show on Netflix, and I thought it was really interesting that it had to do with, like, hypersexuality and, like, gayness, and it made no fucking sense to me. I was like, what does this have to do with science at all, right? Um I think that throughout the years, even with Walt Disney, and we've all seen what he really is and his truer, darker sides, that they use these people to prime us at a really young age so that when we grow up, we kind of grow up with them and we have these loyalties still in in our old age. Um, that's kind of what I have to say about Bill Nye. Now, I also wanted to speak on nasa's ridiculous um i guess etymology that they use so for example like apollo if we go back to our sex magic episode um we can recall that apollo wait where is it was ba, 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 right the greeks okay i forgot i forgot it was the greeks or the phoenicians but ad and i was the uh, phoenicians um it was basically like their, their sun god, right? So that's, that's curious. Is it just a bunch of nerds using these names or do they understand Babylonian worship? Um, do they understand esoteric magic and how it works and how the phallus needs to pierce the veil, much like a rocket pierces the veil of our atmosphere in order to enter space, (laughs) whatever space is to you. Um, I, I find that something to talk about too. And I would love to get into like the etymology of that. Um, yeah. What what are your thoughts? I'm just kind of like going off right now because. <laughs> no, no that, bit- that,
1: that, that was a good, that was a good rant. I didn't want to interrupt it. And have, derail your train of thought. Um, so yeah, it's, it's important to know the names of all those projects. Like even the ones that I had said today, like we have Mercury and, mm-hmm. um, you know Apollo and and shit like that. Gemini also, all of these things. If you look into like who these figures are, they all have to deal with like um, either you know just the sun or space in general. They're always like the, these heroes, uh, these uh, mythological heroes. So it it's trying to draw on like the. The human subconscious idea of like what Apollo represents or of what Mercury represents, like you can get into a lot of this stuff with Mercury being tied to either Jesus or Lucifer and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and all these things are very interconnected um, to kind of comment on some of the many, many, many things you were saying. Um, you mentioned like the movies and stuff and you mentioned 2001 A Space Odyssey. And, I, like, we'll, we will uh, cover this in, in greater detail when we actually get into the, the moon landing stuff, if, if that becomes an episode, which it probably will. A lot of people look to Stanley Kubrick and 2001 A Space Odyssey um, mm-hmm. in the context of the fake moon landing and use sort of that movie as proof. Um, the, the, common, the common narrative uh, with that goes that Stanley Kubrick was the one who directed the fake moon landing in exchange mm-hmm. for NASA to help him fund all of his movies or basically for him to be able to develop camera technology with them or for them for the use of the the moon landing in order for the American government to surpass the Russians in the Cold War and the space race. And then in turn, he would have yeah. access to all this to make his, his movies. And Stanley Kubrick's a very interesting person when you look at his film catalog and also his life and uh, the symbolism in all of his films. He gets linked pretty frequently to a lot of like occult organizations and occult individuals. Uh, He, he depicts a lot of occult practices, either just straight out in the open, like an eyes wide shut, or a lot Mm -hmm, of it's like mm -hmm. very thinly veiled, like with uh, the shining in 2001 and and all this stuff. So he, he really gets brought up a lot with a lot of the the fake moon landing shit and specifically everything surrounding 2001. Um, I think some people even said like they were using like the same uh, filming lot or whatever. Like there's,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It, it it gets pretty deep with Kubrick, uh, and then the fake moon landing and shit. Um, but then also with Project Bluebeam. So um, there's a decent amount of people online. I don't really know if I be- if I really of this train of thought, but they believe that nine eleven is the an planes example.
0: We're a holograph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that.
1: a lot of people will will say that if Project Bluebeam involved like uh, hologram depictions. There are some people who who think that either there were you know independent explosions like by explosions in the building, or that they shot rockets or shot missiles or whatever, mm-hmm. and then using bluebing technology projected the image of planes. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely in New York, uh, probably wouldn't have had to in Pennsylvania. And then like there is no visual footage of what happened in D.C. and people just straight up think that that is a fucking rocket.
0: Exactly. Yeah. 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 You know,
1: and we'll do a 9/11 thing. I mean, 9/11 is just so fucking hokey, and everyone's done it a million times. Well, we don't times. have to
0: talk about 9/11 but I think what a, a topic would be is, like, maybe these
1: projects and technology we have. Yeah, yeah. Because also
0: Project Blue Beam, like I said, like it, it uses radioactive waves and EMF in order to not only trick our mind into thinking we're seeing something, but it creates images. So there have been examples in China where they have, like, whales swimming in the sky, things that look incredibly, incredibly three-dimensional when, in fact, they aren't. And, I mean— People will always say, well, we only see a very small fraction of the visible wavelength, right? But that's true. And I think more people should understand that because everything is a vibration, everything is energy. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, the, yeah. So, nine eleven gets brought up in blue beam shit all the time. And also with, with a uh, Werner von Braun, um, there's a woman who studied Project Bluebeam, and she came out with basically a report saying that she had met Von Braun basically on his deathbed, and he laid out the NWO's, like, plan for for control to her. Um, and part of that involved him, like, admitting that Project Bluebeam was, like, going to be a holographic uh, situation that will be used to institute like an international government and control the planet and all this kind of stuff um wow. yeah and so like part of the the holographic shit within project Bluebeam, like some people have have stated that it it involves the projection of holy uh holy imagery so they mm-hmm. would do a <laughs> 3d projection of jesus coming down or of
0: Krishna uh, yeah, or whatever. Yes, Krishna God. gets brought
1: up a lot. Mm-hmm. All these different God figures to sort of break people into a panic or to fake them into thinking, you know, whatever's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other end of that is that it involves them projecting um, UFOs or, or faking a UFO attack or UFO landing. And this was a specific instance that uh, Werner von Braun allegedly brought up saying that starting in the 70s, he, he thought that there was going to be um, UFO wow. sightings happening. And that that was was going to be used to uh, to bring the world into a one world government. and was going to be the uh, extra governmental agencies like, uh, you know, way to uh, to dissolve uh, countries and to have it be like a one world power. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: yeah, so that's like a whole thing that that gets brought up with that. Uh, Her name was Dr. Rosen, I believe. Dr. Dr. Rosen, Uh, yeah, I was going to ask. Carol, Carol Rosen.
0: Can you spell it?
1: R O S I N, Rosin, Rosen? Rosen, Carol Rosen.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. And she's, you know, she met him in the 70s and he allegedly broke down. Like she had, there's a lot of stuff on her if, if people are interested, but uh, Von Braun allegedly broke down step by step, like the New World Order's plan. And it involved uh, holographic spaceships or holographic religious figures uh, coming down in order to freak people the fuck out and mm-hmm. uh, either um, make them completely believe a religion. and then be followed by that religion or make them 100% think that religion is false. And then they would all abandon religion and go towards like a, a more terrestrial, materialist, like state run narrative. That's
0: that's the one that I see the most actually is, is saying, uh, Oh, well, we're just going to put a false god or whatever god is to each culture into their sky and we're going to fear them and their god is going to be like whoops we actually got it wrong now it has to be this way and people are going to listen because of the amount of fear that they will be under um yeah that that is one of them and um it's interesting too because there's always like this um light being deceptive right Mm -hmm. so I think the ultimate seduction or the ultimate deception is, um, thinking that this God or NASA or whoever is actually like, Oh, we're bridging masses together and we're bringing differences together. Um, but it's, it's still at the end of the day, a lot of billionaire elite eugenicists that are, have been interested in population control for, for hundreds of years. And, um, I wanted to kind of go back. Yeah, I don't know. That one's really important because it is kind of like the meat and potatoes of the conspiracy. This I feel like this topic interested me the most because it lays out a lot of the foundations for population um, um, Our deep. Population, I guess I should say methods as well as, um, keeping an eye on everyone. So like surveillance on a mass scale and instilling the, these fear tactics that we've seen since the beginning of time, um, going back to, to Bill Nye and, um, not even Bill Nye, but other ways that inter- entertainment is, uh, perverting kids right now and hypersexualizing everything right now. Um, there was this federation. Um, Before it was called Planned Parenthood, it was called Population Council. And this Population Council was actually founded by John D. Rockefeller III. And the president was, um, was a known eugenicist. And he goes on the record saying eugenics goals are most likely to be achieved under another name than eugenics. So if you call that family planning or planned parenthood, people will listen to it more, especially minority or, you know, underprivileged or disenfranchised communities. Um, They'll kind of be like, oh, we're doing something responsible. We're doing something ethical for our families. But if you look, there was this document between um, the Planned Parenthood Federation sent to one of the vice presidents at the time, and these were their their listed goals. One, restructure the family. Two, um, compulsory education of kids, encourage increased homosexuality, fertility control agents and water supply, and reduce and eliminate paid maternity. There were like five other ones, but I was like that that's enough to kind of tie all of the dots together for me at least. And the reason this ties into NASA is because you have a lot of um, players on their team that believe in this beast 666 and these Georgia Guidestones in which it explains in details very carefully um, where the population should be. And we should be more interested in population control because our planet is dying and we're running out of space. But if people look into this shit, we are not running out of space. Population, <laughs> just like climate warm climate, what is it? Uh, oh my gosh, climate change and um, global warming. I believe it is a hoax, but not in the way people believe it is a hoax. And I feel like this is because it all ties together. That's a really important point. To bring up is this way that family units are being ushered around in order for children to kind of look up to Bill Nye or Neil deGrasse or look at science, you know, figureheads in order to believe something and stay loyal to it because science is their new religion and Satanism is their new religion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, before we end it, we're about out of time. Um, I did want to bring up one thing that gets brought up quite frequently with a lot of, like, the the, the NASA criticism or the NASA conspiracy stuff, and that involves uh, the money that goes into NASA and their budget, basically. Um, a lot of people online especially will look at NASA and just – they say that it's just a way to funnel taxpaying money or funnel government money into black projects – and, and things of that nature. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at what NASA has been doing uh, recently, I think it's been since, uh, what, 2017, I think, maybe a little before that. Um, they have been doing like Project Artemis. Like, that's what they're on now. And that is mm-hmm. involved with, like, economic and commercial pursuits in space. So supposedly all this is involving like a resource transference or extraction or getting, you know, private companies up into space, uh, stuff like that. If you look at the budget for NASA, um, where, where, how much money is going in there? Um, for the fiscal year of 2015, NASA received an appropriation of uh, $18 billion, And then that was the same for, or for, excuse me, for in 2016, the budget was up to $19 billion, and then, as of 2017, it was 19.5, and uh, Yeah, it was 19.5 billion in 2017, and then it was 20 billion in 2018. So this this agency is getting about 20 billion dollars a year uh, to be researching. Right now, their main focus is commercial and economic pursuits, and a lot of people kind of look at that and don't really either agree with it or understand what's going on because we're not really seeing anything from all of that money and all this alleged research, but a lot of money's going into it. And so a lot of people look at, at that as ways for the government to be funneling money into different organizations or different individuals for their own nefarious purposes, since mm-hmm. a lot of NASA stuff can be classified very quickly. Um, it, it it went from a time when we were constantly at war with NASA being used as part of the war machine and now that we're kind of in this post-war in general era, like uh, physical combat isn't the way it used to be. And now it's a lot about information or like economics and things like that. And so now that's what NASA has also shifted to uh, with their uh, focus on commercial and like material pursuits and in, in that in that nature. Mm-hmm. So that's also a thing that gets a lot of criticism and people start questioning, like, where's this money going? Like, why are we paying for all this stuff for this organization? Like... It really becomes a big thing, too, when you tie it into some of the flat Earth stuff or the alternative, like, space community. Um, a prime example of, of something that people really don't believe with a lot of the spaceflight stuff is the Van Allen belts, which is a layer of radiation that, you know, kind of surrounds the Earth. And the, the prevailing theory was that there would be no way for electronics to get through There might not even be a way for, like, living organisms to get through. It's the thing that protects the planet from solar radiation, like, whatever the fuck. So that's always been a a big hurdle for people who believe that we went into space or don't believe we went Mm -hmm. to space. It's always the the Van Allen belt gets brought up all the fucking Mm -hmm. time, right? So we have that, and the people who don't believe that we either went as far as we did in space, don't believe in the timeline of the space race stuff, or just don't believe that there is a space because the Earth is flat, they all just view NASA as a big fucking way to launder money and all these secret p- projects and black projects because, you know, I mean, think about it. If you don't believe in space and these motherfuckers who are saying that they're $20 billion a year for for space research, like, they're just using it on whatever they want and saying it's space research because we can't see the results. We don't see right. the papers. We don't see the the shuttles, the whatever the fuck. We, we're just told, like, don't worry. We got it. We're over here. You can't see it, though. Yeah. You know, that's a lot of the criticism that NASA will get from people who are less like big brained about it and and, want to think about either, you know, aliens, which we didn't really even get into with with that, um, you know. And just like a brief way to cover that is just that NASA is heavily involved in a lot of the Area 51 stuff, a lot of stuff that everyone kind of hears about all the time. NASA and aliens obviously would be hand in hand as either the Earth's representation in space or America's representation in space, you'll mm-hmm. find tons of in, of reports of, like, individuals saying that, you know, this. I was working at NASA at this time when I encountered an alien or we saw a UFO or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. You can find a million, millions, millions of those accounts online. It's very fun, um, but, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, again, ties into if NASA is in space and doing shit, then they would also be serving as like our diplomatic arm to, exactly. to extraterrestrial beings. If, if that's your jam, if you believe that, then that's also kind of something that we are being kept in the dark about, but we are funding, um, which yep. people have a problem with. Again, if, if you think that the government is, is hiding the alien stuff, NASA is their space arm. So NASA is the, uh, the apparatus that is representing us in the cosmos.
0: Yeah. And I think right now a lot of people are, I know we're about the end of time, so we can talk more about this in the after potty, but um, there's this website called, I think it's like Morningstar um, and you can basically track companies and their investors. Um, I'll, I'll link it if I can find it in the Patreon. Um, so y'all can have access to that. Cause I think it's an, it's an important tool. Um, I don't think, I feel like those numbers it's just like a Scientology laundering scheme is I mean you have Hubbard helping you out how to hypnotize people like come on but yeah thanks for listening y'all this was a really fun one and the after potty is going to be even more fun so I recommend y'all subscribe pay us three bucks five dollars five dollars to listen in
1: yeah, five, five, five bucks to listen, and three bucks just to like help the show, and you can get yeah,
0: yeah, come access. To uh, once we get enough people, we'll have people in our Discord chat, and um, we can chat alongside you listening to us, which I think could be pretty fun. But yeah, thanks again, and do you have anything else to say, DJZ?
1: No, 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 not at all. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. we will see you guys next week. Uh, be safe, take care of yourself and each other. You know, all that kind of stuff, right? So we will. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.
0: Bye!